0: Welcome to Bobbies and Wizards. My name is Marsha, the magic user, and I'm here with Logar the Barbarian.
1: Hello, I am Logar the Barbarian. And Light the Thief.
2: Hello, everyone. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. And you know what? You know who else I hope is doing good today? is our patrons, the people that have been supporting us. So I wanted to give a real quick shout out to the folks who have done that. Look, uh, it takes a lot of time uh, to put this daily podcast together. And it, it, thank you for your help. I want to thank you all who have been who have been backing us on Patreon. Uh, and I'm just going to go through real quick and name some names. And so a shout out to Shannon McMaster, uh, Creature Curation, Revenant Rogue, Marco Serrano, Sid T. Vicious, Jacob Campos. Philip Reed, Peter Scange, James Knight, Huffa, Jim Hall, Kyle Maxwell, Michael Ruiz, Cameron Shanton, Rory Starks, Todd, Rabbi Fioto, Mike T, and Richard Ruane. I want to thank you all for your continued support, and uh, it, it goes a long way to help. Now, what do we want to talk about today in today's episode?
2: Talking about ending campaigns?
1: Ending campaigns. Have you ever ended a campaign? <laughs> Ever?
2: <laughs> i have well we've had a lot of games that have ended <laughs> in one form or the other
1: yeah a lot of times games don't come to a final ending that's satisfying that's okay uh, sometimes games are designed to be short like we're only going to play this for a couple weeks and that's it those are the ones that i've ended the most <laughs>
2: right but you know with uh Many systems, for example, with uh, leveling up, you know, within the OSR area, you level up to around like what level 10 or 11, mm-hmm. and typically that's the cap. And then in 5e or
1: more modern games, I think level 20 is the cap. I, You know, I think it depends on the game, but i i, I, I fifth edition I can't speak to, but there are some high – definitely like third edition had a high-level book where it went a lot higher than 20, I want to say.
2: Oh, really? I'm not as familiar with that one.
1: <laughs> yeah it, it i mean those those things are out there and uh, there was even for second ed I, I know there was a high level campaign book i'm pretty sure if i remember i, I actually think i got rid of it <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> there was some later second edition books they put out that i i I love I love second edition, what they did. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. But some of the later books, they introduced like skills and powers books and the high feats, level campaign yeah, Facebook. No. And some of those books, I was like, I got excited for it first and I started messing with them and I realized what kind of monster they released onto the world. Oh <laughs> I to know more of these. <laughs> Were they like
0: super like crazy yeah. stories or was it like very like,
1: and it, it so what it did what they did was they really started messing with character creation, and things you can do. Like one of the things you could do was split your attributes into like twelve attributes instead of six. Holy hell, and then you could like take, <laughs> yeah, you could take your stats and like like let's say there was like two sub, sub stats of of dexterity or uh, and they kind of like, I can't remember what the two different substats were. but like if you had twelve, you could make one of them like a. Like you could kind of divide the uh, the difference and you could get like a, like a higher level in one and all this weird stuff. and your n- base attribute would have to be an average of the higher numbers. And it could give you some crazy off the wall bonuses and you got all these extra skills and powers. And it was a power gamer's dream come true. (laughs) Sounds
2: terrible to sounds terrible to manage.
1: (laughs) It was not a thing you want to manage as a DM. At least not me. (laughs) So ending the campaign, though, ending the campaign, I have found that that mostly the level itself is less influential on that because I rarely go over fifth, sixth level. Sometimes seventh or eighth have been the highest I've usually gone to in a campaign. I know I've brought some longer campaigns to a satisfying ending. One of my favorite endings did not turn out how I planned, but throughout the process of this campaign, we played for about a year or two in with characters that um, we kind of stopped and started the campaign up at a later point in time, playing the children of the original characters and Aww. continued it that way and kind of the original characters became NPCs, kind of like Darth Vader and Obi-Wan type characters in the <laughs>
0: campaign. That's really cool, actually.
1: And everybody played like the daughters of their original characters who suddenly had all this uh, epic history behind them and their their parentage and all this stuff. And we brought that to what I felt was a very satisfying ending by the end of it. um, What was... St- Amazing to me was how much the players threw were like some kinks into my plans and what I was going for, and I had to follow it. And, 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 and they took it places I never saw it going. So by the time we was like, okay, we're gonna wrap this up eventually. And we're getting to the final adventures. They made it very interesting and very memorable. And i and I and I'd love to go back and revisit the world there. But we kind of scorched the earth in the process of that campaign. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> That's really cool though, because I feel like I don't know. I love derailing shit so to me like that's how you know like it's like fun because it's like oh you don't like expect where this is gonna go so all of a sudden it's like way different direction way different like events and you like were expecting or hoping for but because of that I think it's like way more fun like in practice
1: yeah
2: yeah and I think a lot of times it depends on the type of adventure you're running right so for example if it's this very specific quest to like you know take a ring to mortar or to go melt the one ring yes the campaign's probably gonna end when you get to mortar and you melt the one ring you know yes. it's not going to be uh you know or with like the dragon Knight adventures it's pretty much when you defeat the dragon queen tiamat the adventure is over <laughs> you know the queen of darkness yes. so i think it depends on the uh, type of adventure because you're running like an open campaign with uh, a hex crawl the open world that's a little bit more you know again it's open-ended so there may not be a definite end point because there is no fixed quest to go destroy the one ring or destroy the queen of darkness
1: well if we're going by some of the older kind of guidelines and way and things laid out in some of those books when you get to those higher adventures you start getting into more domain play building strongholds so you're kind of puttering off to an end when you can't really adventure and it's time to retire and pick someone else up and continue on with someone new in in the remains of that world
2: <laughs> right or you start playing planescape hopping i guess is the uh, other alternative I mean, I'm always about lander hopping.
1: I love it. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> what's What's the longest campaign that anyone here has ever been in? I'm curious.
0: It's like for me, like six months, and that was like a high school thing, because we were just kind of playing like every Sunday, and those were like the super long, like six-hour ones. Yeah. And so it was less like it ended properly, but more like oh, we went far with this, but like we actually like went like far in the world and everything, and that was really cool. was kind of like developer characters and also kind of, I don't know, yeah. relationships and everything were like really, really cool.
1: Yeah, that's good stuff. Light?
2: Um, probably. Right? Hyperbore campaign, I would say.
1: Oh, the right current one. No, right yeah, we're reaching three years on that campaign oh here my God. in a month or two, right? Like, it, is it this yeah. month or next month?
2: Uh, November, because I think we did our Such and Zero character creation in, in November of
1: 2019. Was that?
2: It was twenty nineteen right before the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah,
1: right before it happened. Then we, we played for a while in person, and then we moved online and we've been playing it online ever since. The hyper astonishing swordsman and Sorcerers of hyperborea. So that's coming up on three years, and I hope and I and I don't see it puttering out anytime soon. I, I think that we've got a couple more years left in this campaign. <laughs> as, long,
2: as long as people are having fun. Yeah. So
1: yeah, it's it, it's good, and and that's the, of course the campaign where I play the character Lugar, the Barbarian. <laughs> I <got my> <laughs> I, the thing the longest that we ran was we had like a shared world in Heroes Unlimited. We ran for about a decade, and I don't know if it ever came to a final wrap up. I know different storylines did here and there, but the difference between running like a Heroes campaign versus D and D is that we modeled these things after like comic book storylines. So we were able to come up to with, with satisfying conclusions and we built up a world, much like the MCU, we built up a world that was very intertwined with all these different characters. And we ran that around a decade-ish um, wow. from like junior high to uh, early adulthood. <laughs> That's really neat. And there was a lot of people who came in and out. We just had our own little heroes world and we would have lots of different players. There's a couple of us who were constant throughout it but a lot of people would come in and out and we'd be like oh okay here's our little world these are our characters come make a character come play in our world that's yeah. really cool we had fun with it and for a long time the heroes unlimited was my main game because of that campaign largely and all the characters we had and all my comic book love
2: <laughs> so were you a player or, or were you the game master for that yes
1: name? yes uh but to both Yes, there were quite a few of us. We did not have a official DM or GM to that campaign. We all kind of shared GMing and took turns playing. And and some of the player characters became NPCs and all kinds of things like that. Sometimes NPCs became player characters as someone else would take the next venture up. And so it was kind of a shared responsibility on GMing there. And just kind of we all got our chance to tell the stories we wanted and everyone had different player characters. because We played multiple player characters throughout the whole entirety of it, building this world up.
2: And I think we've also done games where we've had, you know, reoccurring sessions, which were more like, you know, just uh, one shots with the same set of characters. Yes. That we would bring out, you know, every now and then. Um, so like our Halloween game, you know, we've had the same set of characters that we've used at least for two of this Halloween games, I think for mm-hmm. uh, Dark Places and Gorgons. Yes. So we've done that before as well, too, where if we have a filler game or a holiday game, we'll break out, you know, that one set of characters. So that type of campaign, I guess, really hasn't stopped.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, they're just kind of like characters that we use for one shots. I'm, is uh, that count as a campaign or, or I'm not sure?
2: <laughs> yeah. That's a good question.
1: <laughs> where, what is the definition of a campaign? Like, like we're doing mini campaigns on Wednesday nights. Right now we're doing Twilight 2000, where we, uh, only play for a few weeks, a few sessions and then we try another game out. So, I guess those are campaigns, kind of mini campaigns, they're not really yeah. one shots cuz we're playing it 3 or 4 weeks at a time. Right. So, well, I don't know what <laughs> the definition as for ending a campaign mechanically because you've grown over too overpowered I've definitely had overpowered games with Heroes Unlimited in some of the Palladium stuff when I was younger. We never ended it because it was too overpowered, I don't feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was due to the system
2: itself, so.
1: Well, and a lot of systems these days, uh, I feel the, uh, there's a large amount of games out there since third edition where, and like I talked about earlier, second edition where characters do get really powerful there's a difference between some of the older style stuff when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons itself where the power gaming is a little harder to do with something like BX or AD&D oh yeah not impossible but it's a little harder swords and wizardry things like that and OSE lends itself to playing a game where power gaming is is not as easy of a thing to do Pathfinder, third edition, things like that. They start leaning into the power gaming style, like all the modern fifth edition stuff. There's definitely, you get this idea of character builds that pops up, which I never heard of for years until post third edition. It's way too much it's before then we rolled up a character then then people started building a character like we never like the character (laughs) build concept was new i guess gurps may have been building a character because you're buying with points and stuff but right wasn't a term that i had heard often until later on
0: (laughs) it feels very like mmo to me like we're warcraft almost where it's like okay now you're like picking a class like same thing like in old games too but like now it's like like you said you're building a character you're no longer like
1: Optimization well, is a exactly of, uh, character optimization was a thing that I never even considered or thought of, but there's a thing that's around. yeah, I mean, that works for some people. They play for that. It's a style of gaming. It's not one that I am thrilled with getting into. It it seems to be one though. I think my biggest turnoff with it is that it, it is in, it, it seems to be kind of intertwined with more complex rule sets absolutely Uh, because in order to start getting these powers you have to start making more and more rules to make you more powerful
0: (laughs) exactly number got bigger
1: yeah and so that's where i tend to be like hesitant in playing games that allow for that and stuff like that because it becomes harder and harder to run like i ran some pathfinder and it was very much like that it it got unruly too many books
2: too many supplements too much stuff to get to keep track of
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. And there was rules like, 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 hey, if you can't bring me the book that this is in, you're not going to play it. <laughs> like, like I'm not going to sit here and have like, I've got a, a ton of books pick out a something Whoa. that's here to play like at a point. It's like, you know, well, even
2: if you have the books, even if you have the books, sometimes I'll be like, no, it's too many books that we got to read. We got to stay yeah. in the core rule books. And then maybe like two of the, su- the supplements and that's it.
1: I'm a fan of sticking with just the core rule book when it comes to character creation, because it just makes it easier for me as a dungeon master to know what players can do. Right. And when I stick with like something like swords and wizardry or OSE or castles and crusades, and we're in that core book only, I pretty much know the basics of the mechanics of the character classes and stuff like that Uh, we've definitely taken a turn for (laughs) ending a campaign not the power level (laughs) of a campaign we always drift a little bit so what's a satisfying ending for a campaign
2: i don't know for me it would be you know the whole party agrees that hey we've reached you know the end and then as a party we agree to end the campaign i know a lot of our campaigns have stopped like you said because of you know, players dropping out or not being able to schedule. And those always seem to be obviously unsatisfying. <laughs> and yeah, so a campaign, you know, like the Lost Lands campaign that we had with Rapunzel Hook, you know, the pandemic pretty much killed <laughs> a campaign. So I'm hoping we can get back to that one in the future we, as well.
1: Yeah, we, we played it for about, I want to say, two years ish. And then when the pandemic years, came yeah. up, it didn't survive the transition to online. Marsha, what's the satisfying really? ending to a campaign?
0: like for me it's like when the characters are like they're done if they're like big like why are we together if they don't mm-hmm. have a reason to be together anymore it's like it was really nice meeting you bye <laughs> and then Part- it's like what's the point anymore
1: our parting of ways the sad ending parting of ways yes exactly. Carving it's up like the kingdom. <laughs> oh no it is sad it is sad if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today please give us a positive review wherever you're listening you can find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. We're on Patreon. We could really use the support over there, Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. Marsha, where can we find you online?
0: You can find me at Traverse or Traverse Fantasy at Twitter or on and Twitter. I don't know the right preposition for that.
1: It's at Traverse Fantasy on Twitter. Right, it's in so Twitter, weird. <laughs> at Twitter, on Twitter. <laughs> at
2: Twitter, in Twitter, with Twitter, or... Yeah.
1: Inside at, Twitter. And as always... Inside Twitter. <laughs> and as always, keep those dice rolling.
2: Roll them for all of your games.